This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time once again for the BAM Online Podcast. This one on a Friday, February the 3rd, 2023. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BAMAonline.com. We got a recruiting-centric podcast for you today. We're going to be joined by longtime recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com, the one, the only, Hank South. And Hank, as we bring you in here, I got to ask you, as far as national signing days go in all the years that you've done this, uh, was there a least, uh, a lesser eventful, I guess, NSD uh, than the one we just had a couple of days ago? Certainly the early signing period has done a a lot to sort of take away from the traditional signing date, but uh, man, it was almost uh, uh, a, a total non-event for Alabama, I guess. Yeah, it, it was kind of wild. I was joking on the radio, I think the la- week before last, saying in 2022 on signing day, I had a chance to run to the grocery store to get a couple th- things at like 11, and it was just, I thought that was kind of wild national signing day. Then fast forward to this year, I mean, it was really in terms of new signees, I mean, there were still news to cover. There were still, you know, offers going out and preferred walk-on commitments. But, yeah, there wasn't a single um, guy we were really tracking in terms of um, committing to Alabama on scholarship. So definitely uh, this new era, the early signing period really has kind of – really has become um, National Signing Day as we used to know it. Yeah, it was kind of, I think, appropriate that Thursday was Groundhog Day because it was kind of like the movie – you know, the old Bill Murray movie mm-hmm. where even though there wasn't much for Alabama at all in terms of additions to its 2023 class, it felt like December in that Alabama finished with the number one class for the 2023 cycle. Uh, was there really anything going into Wednesday that could have changed Alabama's place atop the rankings for 2023, Hank? No, no, and and uh, you know that that's that's just kind of goes to show how well or how how good the early signing period went for Alabama. You know they they took hold of that top spot, and and really it was it was done at that point. There was no I don't think mathematical possibility for for Alabama to be overtaken by Georgia at that point. Um, you know Georgia's waiting on some guy or you know they they had an early sign or February signing day guys like Deuce Robinson still out there. I know Walker Lyons was a guy they were recruiting a couple tight ends. Uh, but even if, you know, both those guys committed, neither of them did yet, um, or, or did end up Walker Lyons went to USC and, and Deuce Robinson's uncommitted, um, still, but even if those guys both ended up with Georgia, it wouldn't have been enough to, to catch up to Alabama. And, and, uh, yeah, it just goes to show how solid of a clash they put together nine composite five stars. Um, it, it was funny cause 24 uh, seven sports updated their rankings, um, last week and, and it, ended up giving Alabama nine composite five stars, but um, the rankings update actually dropped their overall team score by, I think like a couple hundreds of a point. Um, so it actually brought them down, but gave them nine composite five stars. How, you know, l- however the algorithm works. Um, so it's, <laughs> just, it's just kind of wild, but yeah, there was no, uh, there was really no opportunity for another school to overtake Bama after the early signing period. 
Uh, we're going to go behind the curtain a little bit now that this 2023 signing class has been officially put to bed. Um, understanding the, the the transfer portal never sleeps, really. I know we've got windows now for the transfer portal, but there's always the potential for additions on that front as we move uh, through the upcoming year and head towards the 2023 football season. But some things I wanted to touch on with you, specifically uh, when you think about guys who committed and ultimately signed elsewhere that Alabama remained involved with throughout the process. This is probably more of a thing again, leading up to the early date, but who was that one player, that one prospect who at one point during the process, you felt like this is the most flippable guy for Alabama, but then he still ended up sticking to his original commitment. Yeah, I, I think that one's um, – I've got to go with Centarian Perkins, um, mm-hmm. the Ole Miss commitment from Mississippi. Um, you know, obviously the the now infamous Pete tweet back in the summer of uh, the elephant emoji that represented a commitment coming. Um, that was what we believed was Centarian Perkins. I, I'm pretty confident <laughs> in saying that. Uh, um, but obviously, you know, he stayed committed to Ole Miss at that point. He then took a visit in the fall. Um, I, I believe it was for the Texas A&M game, and we interviewed him afterwards, and he was talking about Bama using we, he was, you know, loving up on, on all the defensive guys and, and everything. He has a very close relationship with Pete Golding, uh, didn't flip then. And then, um, come December, there were, there was like three periods of time where <laughs> Centarian Perkins looked like he could flip. And I, I think at the beginning of December, he was, um, at least intending at that point to wait until February to sign and possibly taking, uh, you know, if he had done that, he would have taken an official visit to Alabama in January. Um, but Ole Miss obviously uh, was able to shut that down and, and get him signed. And for good reason. I mean, freak player. You know, I'm, I'm sure Pete Golding is excited to be able to coach him now at Ole Miss. But um, he was the one guy I would say, you know, I, I, I thought he was eventually going to flip. And I, you know, I think there was a lot of confidence that he was going to eventually flip, um, you know, coming out of the summer. But um, Ole Miss was able to hang on to him and, and, and keep him home. Obviously, Mississippi recruitments, you know, you can never get you know, a full pulse on them. They have all that, you know, there's always drama with state of Mississippi recruitments, whether they're committed to Bama or, or committed to one of the state schools. Um, there is, is never over until there's pen to paper, um, with those guys. Yeah. Maybe the Pete tweet, he got the, uh, emoji wrong. It was supposed to be the shark instead right. of the elephant yeah. even back then. <laughs> uh, it, it does feel that way though with Mississippi guys, right? If you don't get them in the boat early, it, it it seems like it can be an uphill battle for guys over there. And even when you do, even when you get a Jaheim Otis, uh, mm-hmm. a guy like that uh, from Mississippi, uh, it, it doesn't mean it, it's over, I guess. No, no. And and the one I always think about, it was my first cycle, full cycle covering Alabama recruiting was uh, Raekwon Davis. You know, he took that um, he took an official visit to Mississippi State when Dan Mullen was still there um, in January of 2016. And uh that was like maybe one of the most memorable stories I have covering recruiting. There was talk that someone else had his phone and was saying he decommitted from Alabama. Some were saying he flipped to Mississippi state Um, talking to our guys on the Mississippi state side. They, they said they felt confident that Raekwon Davis was sitting in Dan Mullen's office telling him he was flipping to Mississippi state. Um, (laughs) But then, uh, and then a couple hours later we reached back out to Raekwon and he was like, no, I'm committed to Alabama. I, I don't know what that talks about. And then, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a wild one. I, there was questions about whether we were going to leave him on, um, committed to Alabama just because 
there were messages from his account saying he had decommitted, uh, but then messages from his phone number saying he hadn't. So yeah, Mississippi, uh, you always have to uh, take that with a grain of salt for sure. Conversely, was there an Alabama signee that throughout the process, whether he was committed or well, certainly committed, I would say that you felt like you had to be ultra sensitive about the possibility of flip alert with one of those Alabama commitments that did ultimately follow through and sign with the Crimson Tide. Yeah, I think that's another easy one, and that's Tony Mitchell, um, the the safety from from Thompson High School. And, and and it's funny because you know when you when you talk to Tony, you know he locked in, no, nothing's going to change my mind. I'm set on Bama, but then you know he takes. Uh, a late official visit to Auburn. He takes a late official visit to Texas A&M. Um, and, and, you know, he had the Auburn guys like ready with their flip commitment stories uh, for signing day morning um, that he was going to sign with Auburn. And um, it, it was, that was another bizarre one, but obviously he, he followed through and signed with Alabama after, after committing to, uh, to the program last summer. So, um, you know, that, that was one where, you know, talking to people on the Auburn side, like they were certain this was happening. Uh, but you know, <laughs> if you talk to Tony though, you know, on, on the record, he was saying he was signed with Bama. So, um, that was one where there was some, uh, some misdirection, some, some different information depending on who you ask. But yeah, Tony Mitchell was the guy we were watching closest. just because, you know, he was taking those visits. He was still, I think he visited Auburn like four or five times. Like, I don't blame the Auburn side for thinking he was going to flip. I mean, he was, he seemed like he was given some pretty good indication that he was thinking about it. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I would go with Mitchell for sure. Yeah. It seems like every year there's at least one guy, right. That is able to just have a lot of fun with the process. Yep. Uh, for a lot of these young people, it, it becomes such a grind that I think they're just, ready to get it over with there. There are actually guys still out there, prospects still out there that, Hey, I'll take this thing right up till signing day and have a good time yeah. in the process. Let me ask you this about the two quarterback class for Alabama. What was your level of surprise that both quarterback signees ended up enrolling in January with an emphasis more on Dylan Lonergan? We knew Eli Holstein was already going to take that path was was there a talk about this with Lonergan leading up to it? Was it uh, kind of a surprise? I mean, I know baseball supposedly is a, a part of his deal too, right? Yeah, it is. And I was a little surprised, you know, there was talk about that, that, you know, he was mulling over it. So, you know, we were kind of keeping it, his, his um, enrollment more open-ended when, when, um, you know, reporting on who was coming in early. Uh, he ended up deciding to do that. Um, I know he's rehabbing an injury. Um, so, you know, I don't know how that much that would have affected, um, you know, his ability to play baseball this spring for, for, uh, for Brookwood. So, you know, I, I was a little surprised, but it also makes sense. You know, he wants to get in early, start, um, you know, getting ready, learning the playbook, whoever, whoever's calling plays next year, um, or th- this fall. Um, so, um, surprised, but at the same time, not really, you know, I, th- I think, uh, for quarterbacks, particularly, I, I think this early enrollment is probably more important than, than anyone. If you, you know, if you want to get a jump on, uh, you know, learning, learning the ropes and, uh, and, and getting ready for the fall. Yeah. With way guys move now too. <laughs> yeah. I know it sounds like, Hey, four quarterbacks on scholarship. That's a lot, but we all know that number can change uh, yeah. month to month in 2023. Speaking of 2023 signees, Give us one or two that it seems like even beyond the signing date, they continue to surge either in terms of perception or it shows up in their ranking. Um, since December, who, who have been maybe a couple of those guys for this Alabama class? Yeah, I think um, the 
first guy you look at is Yonze Pierre from um, from Ufala. You know, he, he signed with Alabama in December, maybe the least dramatic recruitment ever. Um, he committed to Bama last spring, uh, didn't take another visit outside of going back to Alabama, had a sensational senior season, came to the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, showed out there earned his fifth star from 24 seven sports. He's now a composite five star. So he was 24 seven sports. Wasn't the only um, service that, that was high on him coming out of his senior season into the bowl season. Um, and, and he had a very strong showing in San Antonio and is now the number 30 overall player in the country. So I think Yonsei Pierre is the guy that really surged up. Um, I think when he committed to Bama, he might've still been a three star by some services. And, and now he's ending the cycle as a, uh, as a five star um, to no surprise, Keon Keeley, I think, really kind of proved why he was so highly thought of throughout um, the All-American Bowl season. Obviously, you know, he had a very good high school career and, and finished it off strong in Florida, but um, came to San Antonio and and really had a strong showing there as well. Um, he ended up the number two overall player in the country just behind Arch Manning. So the top defensive prospect overall in the country in Keon Keeley. And what's a bummer, uh, these guys, and, and I, you know, it's not, I mean, I guess it's not that big of a deal, but they, they're not enrolling early. Keeley and Pierre aren't going to be on campus until the summer. So, you know, we'll see w- what the learning curve is and, you know, how much time it takes for them to, you know, catch up and, uh, and get ready for the fall. You know, we've seen guys be fine with that. Patrick Sertain, the second, didn't enroll until the summer and, and then went on to be a pretty much freshman all American. So uh, we'll see if that affects him if, if they can get on the field next year or, or, or what, but I would say those two guys for sure had strong showings. And then I, I got to shout out Caden Proctor. I mean, when I saw this, I mean, I, I've seen him before, but when he came into the uh, media check-in room in San Antonio at the all American bowl, I mean, you would think he could go out and start for the chiefs next, next week. Like it, he is massive and, and like massive in a good way. Like he's six, seven, I think he checked in like a little over 340. Um, but I mean, this guy's built. Obviously, he moves well. He played really well at the All American Bowl. Um, so I, I would not be shocked to see Caden Proctor, um, you know, competing to get on the field next year as a true freshman. Hey, I got a couple spots on that offensive line, whether it is tackle, whether it is offensive guard, opportunity knocks uh, for Caden Proctor and some of these newcomers up front, no doubt about it. With that, here come the 2024s. They've been on the way, as we know. <laughs> You know that all too well, along with our site publisher, Tim Watts, Hank. A couple of junior days, I guess, already in the books for Alabama. In terms of the identification process, the staff is already pretty familiar with most of these guys, if not all of them. So is this more of a start of the process where they're whittling down to a bigger, uh, from a big number to a smaller one that they can work through once summer camps, I guess even the spring evaluation period? What what does this what does this signify with with junior days and where they're at in that process? Yeah, it's interesting. I think one benefit to the early signing period is, you know, you get you get most of your um, previous year's efforts out of the way and you can you can get out on the road in January when coaches can go do um, visits again. And and you can see a lot of these guys in person at their you know winter workouts or see them play basketball and kind of, you know, go visit their schools a few times. Um, and, And yeah, you can start to sort of whittle down, you know the early names you're, you're going to actually be making a press for. And sometimes, you know, we, we see guys get offers now, you know, they want to see more in the spring, but a, a lot of these offers we're seeing being tweeted out, I think, you know, probably like 30 or 40 kids throughout the month of January tweeted a Bama offer after the coach visited their school. Most of the time, you know, that's obviously contingent upon coming to camp as we always talk about, you know, 
they'll tell them, you know, what kind of the expert, they don't just say, Hey, you're offered, um, you can commit. I mean, I'm sure there's a few kids that can do that, but you know, most of the kids, you know, they, they want to see some more of, you know, that, you know, this offer doesn't mean, you know, you can join the class right now. Um, but yeah, these junior days, they had two of them in January are a chance for them to meet in person, you know, get to know them as a, as a person, see them up close, see them in person, um, you know, do all that, say the highs and hellos. And and then, uh, you know, obviously try to get them back on campus throughout the spring and then have them work out in the summer. Um, so yeah, th- this, uh, this, it's been a lot of whittling down and then, you know, then you get to the summer and then there's more whittling down and that's when the, it seems like, you know, for the most part, the recruiting board really takes shape. You know, they have this information, they have this preliminary information on these guys, you know, they have their junior tape, um, you know, they got their measurables, but when they can get them into their own workout, work them through the, um, camp, that's when, you know, we really kind of start to see pushes being made and, and the names that are really going to be there come next November and December, that's kind of what camp kind of shapes for us. So still early, but um, yeah, a lot of these names we're seeing at junior day are going to be names we're talking about for the next, you know, five, six months. Yeah. The process almost feels like the NCAA tournament, right? You have the first weekend and then do you make it to the next weekend? (laughs) Then do you make it to the final four sort of stage of the, the process? So certainly something we continue to follow closely right there at BamaOnline.com. With Hank South, Tim Watts do an outstanding job, unsurpassed, unmatched when it comes to recruiting coverage for us there at BOL. Hey, with some of these uh, Alabama commitments for 2024, already a small but impressive group, uh, Julian Sayan at the quarterback position, Jalen Mbakwe, a corner that is outstanding in-state prospect, Perry Thompson, a wide receiver, still seeing some of these guys too check out some other places is is that about what you would expect this time i know the saying trip to miami i guess made some headlines because of <laughs> uh the comments of the miami assistant in relation to tuscaloosa and, and coral gables yeah and, and and yeah absolutely we're gonna see these guys take visits none of them ever said they were shutting anything down you know they're in a, in a way like we just talked about with junior days like the recruitment's just kind of starting these guys committed early um, you know, they got excited about Bama last summer. They're still excited about Bama, but, um, you know, th- they're showing why they're Alabama commits and why Alabama liked them so much. Um, and, and so certainly, you know, interest is going to continue from other programs and they're going to work to get them on campus and you can't blame them. You know, they, they want to enjoy the process and, and see some things. And Julian saying, you know, he was at a seven on seven tournament in South Florida. So, you know, I think Miami obviously wants to take advantage of, you know, having seven on seven national tournaments and in their backyard and getting these kids on campus. Um, so yeah, that, that was pretty, pretty funny when the guy was kind of trash in Tuscaloosa and, and, uh, Julian saying, cut, was standing cut a couple feet away from him. right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what, um, you know, Julian saying he, he's saying all the right things about Bama. You know, I know, I think he tweeted an Ohio state offer a couple weeks ago and, you know, he, he has no plans to, you know, take official visits elsewhere or anything. You know, I think seven on seven tournament visits are, are you know, that's that, that, I think that's like the less, the least fans should worry about in terms of like, you know, kids visiting elsewhere. If their whole seven on seven team is going to a school, like why wouldn't they go with their seven on seven team? You know? So, you know, if he, if he's paying his own way out for an unofficial visit on a random, Saturday in April, maybe that's a different story, but, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on him. Jalen Bachway was at LSU. He said, you know, it's still roll tide was his quote. Um, so, you know, I don't think he's someone to worry about at this point. Perry Thompson, he was already, you know, taking visits in the fall. Um, I, th- I think Tennessee, um, you know, had him on campus once or twice. And then he was in Tennessee, uh, I believe last weekend. Um, uh, but you know, same with him, you know, he's going to be 
highly sought after by a lot of these schools. But, you know, he's been saying all the right things when you when you actually get him on the phone and and talk about Bama. So uh, it's Sterling Dixon, same way. Martavius Collins, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on him. You know, um, you know, he, he's still looking around as well. So, the, I mean, they're all going to talk to their schools. visit. But if you look around the country, you know, Bama had a Georgia commit on campus last weekend. You know, all these commits are taking visits elsewhere. So that's just kind of the norm. It's always expected. Um, so you kind of just have to prepare yourself um, accordingly um, with early commitments like that. Yeah, not to get too far down the road, but a big commitment already for 2025. And uh, one of the better wide receiver prospects you'll see in Ryan Williams. And I guess his quarterback is picking up mm-hmm. some interest, too, as a 2025. I really like K.J. Lacey, by the way. Yeah, he's a stud. And uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan Williams, I think I tweeted it in October, maybe November when, you know, they were really taking, I mean, he was having a great season all year, but when they were really taking off, um, I said, I, I think Ryan Williams is a top 10 player regardless of his class. You know, he, he is wow. just an electric uh, wide receiver prospect. I mean, he can play a lot of positions, but you know, he, like when he gets the ball in his hands, like it's usually, it's usually a touchdown. It feels like, but uh, um, so yeah, I, I, Ryan Williams, I mean, that's going to be a battle till the end. You know, he, he's, He's a guy that loves Alabama, though. I think it's going to be really hard to change his mind off of Alabama. Um, you know, he's taken visits to Auburn. I know, uh, you know, he's going to go to visits elsewhere. Um, his dad obviously played at Auburn for a year. I don't think that's as much of a factor as some are trying to make it be. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan Williams is electric. KJ Lacey, obviously, the other half of that uh, Sarah Land Showtime. I coined that phrase. So, uh, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he got an offer last weekend. And, and he was on a visit to Florida state when he got the news. Um, but he's going to be a guy I think too, that, um, Bama takes a hard look at, you know, we'll see if, you know, they want to see him more in camp or see him more this spring. But I mean, he obviously had a sensational junior season helping Sarah land to a state title. So, um, yeah, definitely an exciting quarterback. We're excited to see those guys, um, here under armor in a few weeks. So is there another junior day coming up? Is that on the horizon anyway? Yeah, there is. Um, it's going to be March 4th. So they're going to have three junior days total. Um, usually we see one right out off the dead period in February. Um, obviously that, that list is going to kind of take shape more, but, um, I think you'll see a lot of these, um, in-state guys that got offers in recent weeks, you know, Jordan Ross, um, Demarcus Riddick, maybe the, the Georgia linebacker commit. I think you'll see a lot of these kids get on campus for that one. Um, and then obviously that, that backs in right into, uh, to spring practice when, yeah, you know, we see guys on spring breaks and, you know, all that. And then we see visits kind of every day of the week from uh, a handful of guys. So, yeah, junior day, March 4th. Um, obviously, we'll be tracking who's coming to that over the course of the next three, four weeks. And we always have to consider hoops recruiting, too. Mm-hmm. Alabama men's basketball ranked fourth in the country right now, headed to LSU this weekend for a road matchup with the Tigers. Uh, pretty important official visitor, I guess, here in the last week or so to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, Donnie Freeman, um, four-star power forward from uh, Washington, D.C., St. John's College. Um, He was on campus for that uh, midweek Mississippi State game. Um, And I am still playing. I'm not – I wouldn't even call it phone tag because we're not calling each other. But (laughs) he's saying, oh, I'm free. Then I call. He doesn't answer. So – Donnie Freeman, if you're listening to this, let's do an interview. Uh, we need to talk about this Bama visit. But no, I, I mean, I think I, I heard the visit went really well. You know, he, he's considering a lot of big programs. You know, Texas, Iowa, LSU are all in the mix for Maryland, obviously close by um, in Washington, D.C. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, and this is one it looks like Bama's kind of, you know, they, they offered him, I believe, back in uh, – or, or prior to the season um and, and we're kind of making a move for him so it looks like they've kind of 
uh, climbed the list of late for him and, and getting him in on that official visit. Um, and, and 2024 basketball recruiting is so wild because these kids, these kids can take 10 official visits between their, wow. tw- uh, their junior season and their senior season. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, if that ever happens with the football, it's really, really going to be chaos, but, um, we'll have to keep an eye on that. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think Ben isn't, you know, I think they impressed Donnie Freeman, you know, that he, he posted his pictures. Uh, it looks like he had a good time with everything. And obviously they got the guy that they got the win as well. And that always helps, you know, when you, that atmosphere, um, com- coupled with a win, um, always helps with uh, recruiting efforts. So, um, yeah, we're going to, I think we're going to see, you know, with Alabama basketball recruiting, uh, especially probably after the season, depending on, you know, the tournament run Bama, uh, makes I, a lot of guys are going to be interested, you know, maybe whether it be transfer portal or 2024, a lot of big name guys, I think are going to want to take a look at Alabama. Just, you know, they, they see what guys of like, like Mark Sears have done or Namari Burnett, you know, been able to transfer in and, and really kind of kickstart or, or, you know, they were already having, you know, solid careers in terms of, you know, Mark Sears, but, you know, really kind of put it, make a name for themselves at Alabama. So, um, you know, we'll see, but I, I think Bama made a good impression on Donnie Freeman. And with that, hopefully we made a good impression on you here on the Bama online podcast. Great stuff from Hank South. You're going to find all of his great work right there with us at BamaOnline.com. You need to hang out with us, post up with us on the round table, the premium message board of choice for Bama fans around the globe. That is right there with us at BamaOnline.com. Well, uh, always great checking in Hank and, uh, We'll do it again in the not-too-distant future. Yes, sir. Enjoyed it, Travis. For Hank South, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us here on the Bama Online Podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, we certainly hope you'll consider doing so. While you're in that process, if you would leave us a rating and a review, that would help us out tremendously as well. For Hank, Travis, have a great weekend, everybody. Until next time, so long. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.